Hello, and welcome to episode two of book four of the um, prequel, The Life Before the Alien Magic. This book is titled, book four is titled, The Captive of Arlo. Um, let's begin. At this point, Nerful cried out in grief. He picked up an axe with each hand, then progressed upon the captain. With several complimentary moves, he advanced, each blow directed at a newly vulnerable target on his opponent's body. The captain shouted and countered, cheer obvious on his face. He came away with several bruises, but the blades of the axes had not cut flesh. I see that this dance of yours is most always effective. How? Because you have opened up yourself up to your death. No one else, those you've stricken, must see it. I see it. And with that said, Captain Gretel brought his weapon up. The exposed hand was struck. It fell like a floundering fish amidst the golden treasures on the chamber floor. As Nerful crumpled to the ground, nursing his severed arm, Captain Gretel, his bloody axe in hand, and stood over his counterpart. I nearly made the same mistake you made when I fought your Uncle Trindale. At the last moment, I drew my weapon back and forced it up. Don't ask me how I knew to counter the blow. Call it intuition. I should have lost the battle that day. I should be dead. That I live tells you something about me. You must know that I survived the same blow that I landed on you. That indicates I am a warrior that... I am a warrior you can never be, certainly now that you have lost a hand. It takes only one defeat to be denied standing. Nerful could not stop crying. You may have killed the warrior that I was, but I remain king. I will be king. Once my mother reigns, do you think you could be king? Ha! Whom can you turn to, traitor Grendel? You have no army. You do not have Ansel. You have no name. You have nothing. Gretel is dead. He remains dead. Dead as Ansel is dead. Gretel attended to the young dwarf's wound. He took the shirt of a dead dwarf's body, stripped it, tore it, and applied a tourniquet. I love your grandfather. He has treated me poorly, but I came back to him. He is the best thing for all the dwarves. I am here to establish Ansel's reign. Ansel learned immediately that he had lost his throne. The night he was nearly assassinated by those hired by the Dwarf Lords, he suffered a broken heart. He died once that night, but he could have died twice. He saw the threat his children posed. He had lost everyone he needed to keep his throne. All the Dwarf Lords turned to his three sons. Ansel had no choice but to run. King Ansel made a choice. That night he approached me, the last dwarf to betray him. The one lord of the United Nation of the Dwarves recruited me in a new war, one the Dwarves must lose, and owe their lives to the one king, even me, though I had refused to believe that in the past. No longer is his fight against those that threaten the well-being and livelihood of the Dwarves. His agenda had always been to improve the lot of the Dwarves. Only when it was too late did he realize that when the dwarves had everything given to them, they only wanted more. Each and every dwarf wants to rule most of all. They are that selfish. Selfish enough to think 
they are entitled to the throne. Ansel's sons think that, his daughter thinks that. Nerful could barely manage whispering, his grandson definitely thinks that. Ansel knew he had lost his throne that night. He certainly had. He was smart to act to rescue his kingdom. He went into hiding, only to come back when he could recruit an army that loved him and could win. I am loyal to my king, as every soldier that serves under him must be. Even if my name be besmirched, even if I should die the death of a traitor, I remain loyal to my king. It is difficult for me. I hate my king, as any dwarf must, but I submit to his authority without question. He takes and takes from me. He wounds me as he wounds everyone. I resent him, but I am willing to give him all and more. He had me sealed away for the rabble. I was dead, the last true opponent to the king slain. For those in the know, well, mostly in the know, including your mother and you, I was held in stasis until which time Ansel should reveal himself and his army and have his revenge on every dwarf that disappointed him. Those with the most to fear of Ansel. Ansel will return. The opportunity, one that serves to divide the three brothers, has arisen. Your mother and uncles want King Trindle dead. King Ansel will enter that battle. So you are not in opposition to my grandfather? queried Nerful. The dwarves must be defeated. King Ansel, should he remain king, the one true king of the dwarves must remain in the shadows and must not sit on the throne. Not now. He has that in mind that that would be best for the dwarves. This last war of the races will improve their lot, even if they are stripped of all their possessions, even if it initially spreads the dwarves to the four corners of the earth. They will have lost everything, being denied everything, but that hope Everyone must hope that he lives, confirmed Nerful. They must, replied Gretel. You will never see him. You will never be given the opportunity to serve alongside him. That's the price you must pay for your pride. You do not think Ansel will slay you once you have served your purpose? His head fell back against the sarcophagus. He was fading fast. He has trouble trusting anyone. Even if he drains you of every drop, he won't stop there. You are right. I do not trust Ansel. Anyway, I did something to secure my life before my entombment. I made an alliance. With the elves? Nerful shook his head. I did not know how valuable it would be, turn out to be. Elves are not known to honor their alliances. I anticipated a war, this last war of the races, in which the elves would need, their we need the help of the dwarves. The elves have guarded my tomb. Now they have opened it up to you. I suspect the elves do need me, after all. I don't know why. Their situation must be dire. Should Ansel turn against me, if he remains and so jealous that he wants to break me further, I will have these elves. Gretel confirmed the dwarves must be defeated, but Ansel must learn that my soul is not his to have. I will bring this war to King Ansel. Now I'll win my soul outright. I cherish that more than swearing allegiance to an irrational, emotional king. With that said, the second in command 
Gretel took his axe and deftly cleft the young dwarf's head in two. Gretel winced and wiped the blood spatter from his forehead. Weary, aching, craving daylight, Gretel returned to his sepulchre and retrieved the one curious treasure entrusted to him by the elves before he was entombed. He cradled the axe and the white leather-bound book in the folds of his arms and began ascending the stair to the elven village of Arlo. Immediately, a curious elf with an elven felt cap and green sash and a rose in the lapel materialized on the step just above the dwarfs. He extended a hand, a nimble luminescent hand, and gently slipped it between behind the back of Gretel and silently, reverently, escorted the dwarf up the stairs and into the light of day. Your journey, be your journey begins here, but I tell you this, you will not be alone in this. Once on the surface, blinking for the brightness, the dwarf saw as many as a hundred elves, standing tall, solemn, respectful. Gretel smiled. I have not seen so many elves bearing arms, not since the last war of the races. I do not see myself being defeated, not with me being aligned with so many elven warriors. That book you have under your arm is a valuable treasure. Are you aware of that? Which dwarf will you give it to? Gretel frowned, despite, despite being locked away for decades. He hadn't really thought it over. Apparently, there was one treasure in Arlo they valued most definitely. Well, who will it be that you'll give it over to? Gretel replied, I was going to give it over to Lord Brokel. We do not need this Brokel. We, we do not know this Brokel. We do not trust this Brokel. The elves, appearing frightened, chattered in squirrel among, amongst themselves. I assure you, Brokel is worthy of your trust. He is most likely to rule in the place of King Trindale, King of, King of Sturm. The elves acknowledged there is only one dwarf we can trust with that book. Only one, that being you. The elves descended upon the dwarf. There was a cry of anguish. The elves stepped back once they blinded Gretel. More dwarf must follow you into battle. King Ansel needs no one to compete for the loyalty of the dwarves. We elves know that. The full bloods spoke to one another before one uttered, Take him to Sturm. With that said, several elves disappeared instantly with the crippled dwarf and exited this reality. And all the elves, with a shout of triumph, winked out, leaving Arlo an empty, silent, dead village. I've been to Arlo, judged in Arlo, and damned in Arlo. I know Arlo, as the elves know it, was alive. A beautiful place. This is no longer Arlo. The elf Proto used his bound hands to wipe his runny nose. I am a murderer, a traitor to all elves, though I n now represent their hope. I'm the only one who would be willing to affront the elves and bring you to Arlo. What are you talking about, queried Charon? A dozen elves in our company affirm that this is, in fact, the quaint, distinguished village of Arlo. Yet you insist that this is not? Arlo is dead. We should have met resistance. There is none. Don't you see, despite your own blindness, you should be concerned. I know of the place's value. 
Why listen to you? asked Candide. There is no creature that respects you. You bear this stigma that no beast throughout the Abyssin can ignore. The goddess knelt beside the bound elf and surveyed him for the longest time. Finally, she confirmed, you fear those within. Perhaps their justice has been delayed. What is elven justice? Is it most austere? The pair of humans from the north wood stood and regarded Curious Arlo. It appeared empty, with only darkened homes to be seen. There is a god, aligned with the saplings, aligned with the magic wielders. Arlo is key to killing this god. There are murderers among the elves. The first time in a thousand years that can be said. To take it from me, I honor no one. Nowadays, most elves are conceited. They are cruel. They will act against their nature. You must fear whatever the elves deserted, for they no longer guard nor nurture it. I brought you here. I respect you. You must recover and make use of this treasure. The murderer Protu turned to Charon. Charon, I have established my faith in you. Just outside Arlo, just within the woods bordering the village, what was it that I pointed out to you, the bodies I took you to? Charon stirred, then stumbled. It was a curious sight, that is for certain sure. Well, asked Proto, leaning in close to Charon, you, you did note. The archers, these saplings, all of them slain, fired upon instantly upon materializing. Who could accomplish that? Dead? Fallen from arrows that had been aimed from behind them? Arrows fired before the targets could be seen? It was a most curious sight, a damnable curious sight, that is for certain sure. Charon had blanched, and was trembling visibly before the elven warrior. I want what you want. I want this cruel god slain. Those lives were necessary. Sure, one could say, why not take only one elf life? The elves are known for their economy. The death of one elf must be sufficient to convey the message of desperate hope. To those that can help. But only a murderer with the blood of two dozen saplings on his hands can speak honestly and frankly with those that can help us return the elves to their place in the Abyssin. There are elves with their words, and there are us. Not quiet elves, those who act. Only we will have a place in the world that is to come. Now you may enter Arlo, not now you may take what the elves have abandoned. As a weapon against the cruel god, we all must band together to defeat. What is this noise, queried Candide, that we fail to kill these twenty-odd archers does not say we owe you anything. Our, our names might not be remembered, our graves lost. We may not be remembered a thousand years from now. But the future, a promising future, a future for the humans, is possible only because of us. Perhaps we will turn this treasure the god fears over to him, to end the dynasty of the elves once and for all. I trust you, Charon, confided Proto. There will come a time when you must crush your mother. There can only be one lord of the Northwood. The elves choose you. Would you side with us? Would you defer to her? A scout rushed up and frantically waved his hand and uttered the cry, Behold, an army has come. 
from out of the north and east, an army of some six thousand or so, half-breeds, but also humans. Candide scowled, here to take our low from us, I do not doubt. What do we do? queried Proto of Charon, coming in close. There are no secrets among us elves. You, Charon, hold something in your pocket, something that will defeat King Prenhoek without a single blow, something that will increase the size of your army fourfold before dusk. I have made my choice of Lord of the Northwood. All the traitors and assassins from among us have. I would not be surprised if you hear us, the voices inside your head. Chiron was trembling and sweating all over. If he was to be Lord of the Northwood, it was only because as many as forty elves, maybe more, allowed him to be. He asked himself whether the elf king that had given him the bloody knife, the weapon used to kill the woman from Copperwheel, had been in the same tightly wound loop as the elf that now stood adjacent to him had. He took the elf's hand and squeezed it tight, a lifeline to the possibility of his reign. Chiron shoved his hand in his pocket and confirmed the bloody knife to, to still be there. He then said to his mother, Come, mother, we must confront this considerable force of half-breeds and humans. With the elves' help, we will outman the, the formidable armies of the half-breeds and the humans. How? I will recruit the human all, humans all to fight for us. Mother blanched. I thought I knew who you were. And with that said, Charon took the bound elf murderer, threw him on the back of his own horse, then climbed up into the saddle. The three circumvented the silent dead village of Arlo and made their way to the northern border of the village to intercept and end the threat of King Prenhoek. You have, you have been seen in the comp company of elves. High treason, given the times we live in, confirmed King Trindale, King of Sturm. Tell me, how would a blind dwarf entertain a handful of elves? The captain of the guard, D Dwarf Bertel, came forward, depositing the blind warrior Gretel on the, his knees before the throne. The cowl of his, of his cloak concealed his face. The white leather-bound book peeked out from his back pocket. I know who you are, whispered Bertel harshly to the blind warrior. What is a book doing in, his, in the pocket of a blind man, demanded the king. Gretel replied, I am entrusted with this book. The one who does pull back the cover and does read the command within is the rightful heir to the throne of Sturm. Let me see that book, captain. The king motioned to the captain of the guard. Bertel retrieved the book and handed it to his king. He opened it, thumbed through several pages, then tossed it back at the blind warrior. All of it nonsense. The elves, the elves that escorted you here, inside my city's walls, do they think you're worthy of my throne? They fear me, Gretel replied. Everyone must fear me. A dwarf that is feared by elves? Unheard of. What are you saying? demanded the captain, Bertel. Are you saying that this dwarf here, the one that does now sit on the throne of Sturm, are you saying that he is not the rightful king? 
Are you saying that you and you alone must have determined the rightful heir to the throne? I am saying nothing of the kind, replied blind, the blind warrior. What I am saying is that the dwarf that does open this book and speak the command within will slay King Trindale of Sturm. A silent gloom hung over the throne room. Only the crackling fire disturbed the silence of the chamber. You were most clever to blind yourself. Otherwise, I would have killed you. Right here, right now. The elves fear what you must fear. They fear I will know Ansel, first and only king of the dwarves, when I see him. My father Ansel is dead. Do you believe that? Could he be mustering an army to take back what he lost so many years ago? Could he be marching on Sturm, even as we speak? King Trindale clenched tightly the armrest of his throne and ner nervously bit his lower lip. Please, my king, swore the captain of the guard, Brittle. Please listen to my entreaty. I am familiar with books such as this. It is a good thing you do not you do know how to read. I will tell you why it must be me that opens that book and breaks any spell it may hold over you. You know I am loyal to you. The book is intended to counter any threat posed to the caster. Why else would it circulate among the ambitious? I know the tricks. I can defeat its magic. I have no disposition toward the throne. Believe me, contained within is the identity of dwarf audacious of a dwarf audacious enough to slay you and take your throne. Do you know the traitor Gretel? Ansel's loyal second in command. What's this you say? asked King Trindle, suddenly terrified. The most ambitious warrior insisted, There is Gretel, and he is here among us, within this room. King Trindale jumped to his feet. The king commanded, Take this threat and hold him. He must not leave this room. The soldiers obeyed. They swooped down upon the blind man. They wrestled free his blade and deposited it at the crowned king's feet. King Trindale retrieved the blade and examined it in the firelight. I am familiar with this blade. It nearly ended me, not once, but twice. King Trindale plopped down on his throne and instructed, Give the book back to the blind man. It is safest with him. Take him to the seventh gate, where he will live out his life as a beggar. But break both his legs. Don't want him to be much more a threat than a lump. Gretel insisted, You must fear your captain of the guard. He is loyal to another. It is it's, is his intention to rule in your place. King Trindale hissed. He motioned for his guards. They abandoned Gretel and restrained their captain. Let me tell you a story, Gretel offered, his blind eyes a skyward. There were three brothers, three dwarven brothers, each crowned and seated on the throne of Brendel, Sturm, and Micmac. Sturm is the envy of all the dwarves. Its wealth and knowledge had surpassed every kingdom that ever was or will ever be. There would come a time when the two dwarf brothers would conspire to kill the third brother, then enter Sturm and take the city's wealth for themselves. 
but each brother mistrusts the other other one for each brother wants the other two slain also he might rule over the dwarves himself there are those within sturm plants but inside sturm by the other two put inside sturm by the other two to help with king trindale's murder your captain of the guard was recruited as was i I retrieved this powerful book. It was intended for me to read, but I did blind myself to prove my undying loyalty to you. King Sturdle of Mi'kmaq did give it to me to end your reign. King Trindale acknowledged, You, my Bertel, you are more a threat to me than Gretel. You will die tonight, but I remember your compassion and courage, for that I will kill you swiftly. What are you saying? asked the captain of the guard, Bertel, sweating and fighting. I'm saying, replied the blind warrior, bowing low before the king of Sturm, that I, the true captain of the guard of the king of Sturm, has returned to him in his time of need to serve alongside him. He recruited me forty years ago to kill his father. Once Ansel returns, I will slay him as well to uncover the traitors within to defeat and slay his two brothers. Bertel guffawed, That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I am a traitor. Overcoming him and wrestling him to the ground. It is true then, grieved King Trindel, slipping out of his throne and crumpling to the floor. My brothers are in league against me to take the wealth and knowledge of Sturm for themselves. I can trust no one, not Bertel and not Gretel. Guards slay both of these men. But my king, provoked Bertel, we can defeat your brothers, this by turning your citizens against them. Make Ansel real. No. Tears rolled up in the king's eyes. Father Ansel alive, for the brothers do dread the return of Ansel once more. Rumors don't defeat armies. What must I do to gain the fever of all the dwarves of Brendel and Mi'kmaq? The blind warrior Gretel jumped to his feet, and demonstrating a lethal skill that he developed over years and years of exhaustive training, he struck down the nearest soldier. The others watched, aghast, as the head rolled among their feet. What have you done? demanded King Trindale. This was my brother. Gretel shrugged his shoulders. You've learned nothing, he insisted. Who is the king here, and who is the fool? I know one thing, you are the traitor, written up, prophesied about, the traitor to all the dwarves, the owner of that book, the promised murderer of the king of Sturm. A dwarven soldier's hand went to the hilt of his blade. Blind Gretel jumped as if he could see the action. He thrust his own, out his own weapon, undoing the soldier's attack and dislodging his sword. Only one man would choose to become the traitor of all the dwarves and the murderer of the king of Sturm. I may not be able to read that book, but the book was intended for me. The blind dwarf Gretel slowly circled the remaining troops. There is only one dwarf that would willingly choose infamy, if only to bring the dwarves together. The soldiers abandoned their captain, understanding him to be no longer a threat, then unsheathed their swords. The twenty skilled warriors acted fast, looking to end the life of the frightful traitor 
but try as they might, despite being among the best of dwarven fighters, the blind veteran had no problem undoing the craft of each warrior, defeating their defenses and cutting them down. That concludes episode two of book four, The Captive of Our Law. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed it, and I will have another installment next week. Bye for now.